This is Cult Scenes K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight, Alexis Odoya, and Tamar Herman. And on this episode, we're doing a roundup of October 2018 releases. So far, because I just realized there's like a bunch more before the end of this month this week. Like I There's a few days left, and that was going to be my excuse to go back to September, but I don't think I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> This oh. month was so busy. Uh, wasn't it? I felt like I couldn't breathe at all. Every day was like, here, 27 new releases you need to cover. Yeah, when we first started talking about this, I, I thought it was going to be sort of revenge of the girl groups, and they, there were all these great releases, and then all here comes Monster X and RM and NCT. And in the meantime, there were a bunch of female solo releases too, like a bunch. There was so much stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's good that I'm back to Justice for the Boy Groups on this podcast yeah we need you <laughs> i'm hey i'm talking about one yeah. one male artist <laughs> one thing that i think we're, we may not talk about is there were a couple of sort of high profile collaborations that came out that pe people were anticipating and i i don't know i kind of get the feeling that they didn't you know they didn't make a big splash there was the john legend and wendy collaboration and then there was the black eyed peas and cl song yeah but we also had like the Lipa and black pink and and the, oh, that's right, right. And the BTS new Steve Aoki one. So I think there was right. like a lot of interest in the ones that I kind of expected a lot of interest in. I'm a little surprised about the John Legend and Wendy one not getting more interest from this side of the pond, essentially. Like, it's a little surprising, but I guess I didn't personally like it's a really nice song, but I didn't personally love it. Like, this is the best song ever. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe it fell flat for other people as well. But I think it was a really interesting, you know, collaboration. And I'm, I'm a little surprised. All right. Well, let's jump into our picks for this month. Alexis, what, what was interesting to you this month out of all the many songs that we could be talking about? One of the things that was really interesting this month is that we have more groups that are like delving into singing in English and two of the acts um, interestingly enough were SM acts it was NCT and Lay um, so first I'll go with NCT 127 with the regular which I mean I have to start by saying that the slander for the English version needs to stop um, <laughs> are the lyrics cringe sure a little bit but um, personally as a fan like I think it's kind of like what happened with Lotto, Exos Lotto. Like it was kind of cringy, but after a while, like you even find them endearing. So th this is the same thing. Like when the English version came out, I was like, what the hell is this? Baby, I like the Korean version, but then the Korean version um, yeah. came out. And I think I'm in the minority that I like the English version better. But um, I think what helped for me was that I actually got to see it live because I went to the Jimmy Kimmel recording. Does it suit every member? Not really, but I think they pull it off well. Um, I mean, they are an SM act. What can't they pull off? But the song itself, um, I don't really know why they say it's Latin Trap. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Everything really has to be Latin that. That's why. Is, is it, yeah, I, maybe because they sprinkle like queso or what's <laughs> yeah. what's what's Utah's what's Utah's line like yo quiero I want it like that does not make a Latin trap but okay a lot of track trap whatever. <laughs> 
Ever since One to Seven came out, I always thought like, is this controversial to say? But I always thought that this was kind of like SM's answer to BTS, in the sense that they that BTS was ascending their concept and everything, and SM never really had like a like a hip hop unit, and I think that be- even before they did like they created this entire NCT concept about them being you know globalized and reaching every corner of the world or whatever they have going on that I can't keep up with anymore. Um, yeah, I think I really like that they. I mean, Touch was a nice diversion, but I'm glad they came back to hip hop I think that Taeyong and Mark sound amazing rapping in English but also this is the release that marks Junwoo's inclusion in 127 I'm a tail stand so I feel that he got the lines that tail would have gotten or even do young but I understand that he's a new one so she he that he needed to like need his moment to shine or whatever although 10 members it's chaotic but yeah regular english version stand it get with it get with the program <laughs> i kind of didn't really think that jungwoo's like inclusion added anything this is really mean but they already have a bunch of really talented vocalists and it's already spread really thin amongst the members who aren't the primary vocalists so it's like You know Mark and Taeyong are going to sing. You knew that Doyoung, Jaehyun, and Taeyo were going to sing. And then everybody else was, like, hopefully going to get a part. But now it seems even more spread, like, thinly. And and as somebody who who's a big fan of Super Junior, like, this is, like, me going, like, no, you know it'll get better. And it might get better. But right now, I don't see the point of the addition. Like, when SM, you know, added Kion back in 2006 to Super Junior, it made sense because he was a great vocalist and they kind of knew they weren't going to debut him in shiny. So they had to debut him then or never like lose him. Um, but generally like I'm wondering if some, some decision was made maybe about NCT 127's future. Although fans are like convinced that it was on purpose because first they had seven mm. then they added two, then they added one. Oh yeah. That conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like maybe it was planned, but I don't know. I don't believe that. So Honestly, I'm, I'm kind I think of... it has to do with the China line. Mm. Oh, because like, but Win-Win, Win-Win doesn't get lines either. So like, I, I, I really like Jungwoo and I love Jungwoo's voice. And I think he like did a, I think I'm wondering maybe if he got a lot of attention from Boss and they're like, oh, he has good chemistry. Let's throw him into a unit where we'll see him more. He did? I thought Lucas got more attention than anyone. I think both of them did. Well, Shangu became a meme because of it, but so did Lucas is just a oh, living true. meme. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think regular, it was a nice, I wouldn't say a throwback, but it, it reminded me a lot of like SM's SMP style, which is like SM entertainment performance. And it's what they called a genre a few years ago, like SM style, which oh, is Max Yeah. So, but like TVXU songs used to be SMP and some of Shiny's songs and like, Super Junior's early songs like You and Don't Don, those were all SMP. They were all songs that were focused around the performance more than like any specific genre. And like they are songs that are built, you know, to be heard and seen together. And this kind of really reminded me of it. It I, actually, 
yeah, it really reminded me of Don't Done because it also had to do with money. I feel like it goes a little overboard on the the hip hop cliches, you know, especially the stuff in the background, the sort of shouts in the distance and stuff like that. And maybe it is really, aim- I mean, obviously it's in English, so I think maybe they went too far trying to go after the Western market, their idea of what a Western market would want. Well, their push is really aggressive. Like, I yeah. mean, I'm all for it, but it's been aggressive. Like, they're everywhere. Or where? The song comes off as a... I really like it a lot. I think it's fun, but it comes off as a little try-hard. Yay. It is not the song I like the most on the album. And that's what I was saying about not every member, like, fitting this concept. Because, like, more than half of the group, like, it comes off kind of awkward. But in terms of the choreography, like, they obviously do it well, but... Yeah, like the concept, the feel, like it's not them indib- as individuals. A few of them, like Taeyong and Mark and Yuta, even Johnny, like they pull it off. Even Hechan, but like the rest of them, I'm like some of them looks not like awkward, not bad. Just like yeah, maybe it's because I'm a fan, so it's like like hmm, I don't know about this, especially with the English lyrics, but I love it. Every, like everything 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 critical goes out the window i love it it's okay criticism comes from a place of love yeah, there you go that's true well so tomorrow what uh what what did you notice this month well, i liked a lot of songs but the the first song i'm going to talk about is love bomb from um promise nine yeah. which i i i'm a really big supporter of girl groups and i kind of was surprised with myself that i like i enjoyed promise nine's first few songs because they're very they were very, very, very typical girl group songs, I think. But they were still really well made and I enjoyed them a lot just as like kind of like, oh, this is a good girl group song. And I saw them a few times because they performed at K-Cons. And then they came out with Love Bomb. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like from the first from the first one, it really made me feel, all right, this is why I like K-pop. Because this year, kind of how we were talking about with NC 27, it felt like a lot of companies and artists were putting out songs about like what they think k-pop needs needs to sound like and sometimes i just want like a really vibrant vivacious k-pop song and love bomb was that it's like super addicting and i think it really showcased a little bit of maturing from them like the members vocals were i think a lot stronger than they were in the past where they sounded a little bit more girlish and like the whole concept was about a little bit more mature like their outfits were a little bit more grown up than you know like those weird I don't know, Heidi-inspired looks they had. <laughs> so I, I just, I think it was really infectious and really addicting. And every single person I spoke to, I was like, um, so I know like you don't like girl groups, but like you should listen to the song. It's really addicting. And I know it sounds a little like basic because it's just, you know, one of those like repeated girl group songs. That's that's what it is. But it's so infectious. It's so addicting. Like I, I texted one friend one morning, like I just like woke up humming Love Bomb and I don't remember the last time. I woke up humming any song and she was like, me too. And so it's just like, I don't know. I feel like there was that week where, you know, Love Bomb came out and then Wacky Mickey's Crush and then April's Oh My Mistake. And I was just like, this is the best week for girl groups in a while. Like, yeah. I just love the, the sound of Love Bomb, like the chorus, the la la love bomb. Like it just gets stuck in your head. And obviously like, I, I love all the experimentalism in K-pop, but I still want a, a good K-pop hook that just gets stuck in my head. And this is the first song in a really long time where I feel like it got easily, like, I didn't even try. 
Yeah, they use that little trick of like stuttering the first syllable a lot in mm -hmm. uh, in this song, and it really works. Yeah, and I just think it was really interesting how the vocalists really kind of shown, and because now I know who the vocalists are, and I felt like in the earlier songs, a lot of their voices, I wouldn't say they sounded the same, but like they weren't, you know, necessarily captivating. And this song kind of, I had before this song, maybe I had thought maybe From Us 9 isn't going to go anywhere. And now I'm just like, From Us 9 is going to, if they stick together, they're going to, and like CJ keeps investing in them, they could be a, a really impactful girl group. I forgot to count. Did the girl from Produce 48 come back for the song? She was there. Yeah, because she, she didn't make it into iZone. Oh. So she's back. So this is her return. And they also released um, another song from one of the last albums, a remake with her on it, on this album. So she's back. And I just, I think she did add to it. And I just think maybe their like team realized they needed to show them a little bit more grown up. And, you know, it's still like a very like silly, cheesy <laughs> love song. Yeah, they've really surprised me. As always watching it, like I'm here... I have more to say about like the, you know, like the 80s are back with the, another song that we'll talk in a little bit. But um, but I like I like the 80s vibe and I was watching it and I was like, I mean, I like this, but I've seen it before. Where have I seen it before? As the music video came like went on, I realized like this is Girls Generation's Japanese single Beep Beep or Beep Beep. It's beep. The music video is almost the same. I think I've ever watched that music video. This is so amazing. It has the pop art, the 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 pop art thing, and everything, and uh, it's really peppy. And I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, it's a copy or anything. Um, but but yeah, but I had the familiar thing that it was like I've seen this before, and it's beep. And I'm here for it because I've always said that Girls' Generation's Japanese stuff is my favorite version of the Girls' Generation. So if a K-pop group is going to bring that to K-pop, like I'm here for it. What did you think about it, Steven? Oh, I, I loved it. It was a it was a great song. You know, From Us Nine is a group that I kind of figured I would ignore. I can't follow every B-list girl group that there is. But as Tamar said, their first few songs were really good, and I think this is this is a great song. I love that. You know, you mentioned beep it's got it's got that really fast like j-pop sort of tempo to it and really happy chorus and yeah it's a good song what about you steven what was your first favorite song of the month so i was determined that i was going to talk about love thing which came out actually at the end of september which is the sm station song with the sort of Avengers all-star group of Solgi, Shinbi, Seolyeon, and Chunga. But yesterday I saw uh, Boa's debut stage for Woman. And I thought, you know, this is history right here. The, the choreography from that song is, it's going to be remembered like uh, Cars Butt Dance or the uh, Brown Eyed Girls Arrogant Dance or the Horsey Dance or whatever. I mean, that's, if you haven't seen it, it's in the video and the uh, the stage where Boa is being held. They try not to make it obvious that she's being held, but she's being held upside down. And the lower half of her body is like up higher than everybody's head. And she's just walking. It looks like she's walking on an invisible ceiling. And the music has these sort of boots are made for walking sort of sound of footsteps. And it really, it's really cool. I'm, I'm surprised how well they could pull it off live. Too. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought the stage was really great. The the most interesting parts were the beginning and the end. Bo has got the full complement of backup dancers, four guys and four women. They're all dancing together, except at the very end, you know, as everybody clears off as she sings to be a woman and she's just there on the stage by herself. I think it's, it, it works really well. It's like a statement of independence or power. From the song itself, I'm, I'm curious about what you guys think about this. It, it's really striking how at the beginning of the song and in the chorus, the word woman is actually spoken by a guy in a very pretty deep kind of masculine voice, you know, which is an odd choice. There's different ways you can look at it. I kind of choose to look at it as it's very unexpected and not quite ironic, but, you know, it's the opposite of what you would expect that the word woman is spoken by a man and maybe even there's some sense of a man, uh, you know, this isn't men against women. This is a man who's also co-signing the sort of feminist anthem that this song is. But the other possible way to look at it is that to communicate strength and power, they felt like they should use a male voice, you know, a deep voice to say woman. And, and Boa kind of mouths it in the stage performance. And I know it's it struck people in, in different ways. I wonder what you guys think about that. <laughs> um, I, I think, I don't know. I'm not really into the whole, like, let's pick a guy to, to describe a woman. And let's, when I first saw it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. But as I kept watching it and I was writing my piece, I just felt there was something, I wouldn't say disearnest, but like lacking in a way that maybe like Boa's Girls on Top wasn't in a way. Just something about it seemed very much, this is what a woman is supposed to be. And <laughs> how do we know that? It's because a, a man is saying woman. <laughs> like it, it just didn't, I don't know. There was something about it that I, I, I really enjoyed the song, but I didn't, I really didn't enjoy that. And I felt it kind of took away from the messaging. And, and there were some issues with the music video that I just wasn't really okay with. And so I'm just, I'm just going to pretend that that single doesn't exist and listen to the rest of the album. Sorry. For me, um, I mean, Boa is iconic. And I mean, our faves could never. But in terms of her singles, I have not really liked the ones from this year. I love Camo. I love Kiss My Lips. I love the B-sides on her previous album. I think that's... One Shot, Two Shot? One Shot, Two Shot's shot. great. Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> but the song itself, like when it's like, oh my God, like those teasers, her looks, everything. I was so hyped for this song. And then it's called Woman. I was like, oh my God, like this is it. And then when it actually came out, like as the song leads up to the chorus, I'm like, okay, okay, it's warming up. But then the chorus and... I don't, it's not my personal taste, but to me, the, the chorus itself, like, it's very, like, ailey. Like, it sounded dated. Mm. It sounded like something that you would hear, you know, like, from Beyonce, like, seven years ago or something like that. So the song itself, I didn't love it. I don't think it's bad. It's just, like, I love other aspects about it more than the actual song. In terms of the messaging, like I didn't really 
look super into it. But personally, like, I don't really look to K-pop for feminist messages. Like, I know that that's not going to happen. It It is pop music. It is. She's an icon. And she's releasing a song called Woman. She sings something like, um, when I didn't know what it was to be a woman, now I know what I really need. I have the best inner beauty. Feels good to be a woman. I think that in Korea, maybe for girls who are growing up or girls who grew up with her, um, especially now, like, I think that that's powerful. It is pop music. Like, it's not like, I'm not going to like dissect it. So I think that for what it is, I think it's cool that she's doing it. And like Bo has been around for a while. I hate to say like, like, oh, like it's a more mature or anything. But honestly, when it comes to like feminism or or that kind of thing, like it's something that really comes to you a little bit later in life. And I think that that's kind of what's happening with Boa right now. So that's why I respect it. It is pop music again. So I'm not looking for intersectionality or anything like that um there's also the line where it's like freedom is mine paycheck and i mean yeah um i'm here here for it ish ish i Uh mean i respect her i think she's queen um but yeah please go back to camel and kiss my lips Uh, like please i agree with you that like it's for what it is it's really exciting i guess for her to see her you know, discuss this, especially when we've seen recently a bunch of K-pop stars like get attacked for <laughs> remotely feminist like anything. Like, who was it? A Ping's yeah. member who had a phone case. Oh my god! Like, Girls can do case. anything. Like the fact that Boa did this <laughs> is really great. And I, I mean, like this has been something she's been doing for a while. But yeah, like you said, it's, it's still a pop song. And in in the context of her career, I really love it too. I've got a a long rant about that I won't inflict on you, but just, you know, I, I think she's one of the most misused idols over the course of her career. And the fact, you know, where she is now is so gratifying considering what it took her to to get here. I mean, she's like the most powerful female idol right now. Like she, like, yeah. what is her, her role in SM? Like, she's like, like, wow. Is it unfortunate that it took her this long to come to this point? I mean, I guess, but I think that maybe because she's doing it a lot of other girl groups will look to that and be like hmm maybe i can do that maybe taeyon can do something like that too i don't know <laughs> i knew you were gonna like be like no taeyon um but i was gonna say this before and i, I kind of forgot about it i think that hyoyeon's song sober music video i don't know if you guys saw that but i think that music video was a lot more impactful for like women than i think boas was in a way so I guess I kind of... Well, I saw a lot of criticism about that music video. Negative. Because it wasn't really diversity. It was just... Like, the type... Well, anyway, this is... Yeah. Like the- no, no, no. I mean, the diversity, definitely, that would be a thing. But I just remember thinking, like, wow, when has a K-pop star ever had a music video that's, like, about women who look real and, like, who are, are critiquing themselves? Like... It felt like that scene in Mean Girls where they're standing in front of the mirror and like, but actually real. And like the one I remember. But they were all foreign. They weren't Korean. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but just I, I, as like a general music video. Again, maybe that was SM like, we're going to aim for America with this. I mean, she did release it in English also. That sort of 
showing what a woman is felt a little bit more real to me than than Boa's music video, which just seemed to be, you know, this is what a woman should be powerful and smashing things. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to like girl power, because I won't say feminist, it's more like girl power song, girl power K-pop songs. It's always more like as an individual, more than like womanhood. So for me, this song was more like, because that's what the lyrics say. Like she's celebrating herself and like her womanhood, not really everyone's womanhood. Like this is very individualistic. So that's why, like, that's why I say that at face value, I I give it a pass because if, like I said before, like if it impacts other, other girl groups, other soloists to like deliver, you know, other concepts that are just opa i love you look at me i'm here for it. that's fair all right well you want to move on to your uh second pick alexis yes like i said before i'm talking about english releases which brings me to lay oh my god i haven't said this out loud Na namanana namanana yeah, considering that, I don't know if it has any meaning. It's a really odd name because it's hard to remember or pronounce. I think it's supposed to be the B. Well, when this song first came out, like, I think I told Tomar um, that I was like, wow, like someone finally cracked how to like mix K, like something that you identify as K-pop, whatever that is, and like a sound that would be heard here in the West. Because this is from his English album, right? Like, his attempt to break the West or whatever. And I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, this is the song, you guys. This is what's going to, you know, be on the radio or anything. But... Yeah, so for those who aren't following, this is Lay from XO, and this is his... Oh, yeah, Lay from American XO. debut, or at least English language debut, and he's got 11 songs in Chinese and eleven in, the same 11 in English, right? Yeah, it's bilingual. Yeah, so I don't think... Like, I'm not saying that this will break through the market or whatever, but I think that how they made this sound that would be familiar to both a K-pop audience. A lot of the times when it's like a decisive effort by a K-pop group to break into the market, they don't sound like K-pop. They sound like something they're trying to do for over here and it almost always a miss. But I like that it sounds like mid 2000s hip hop. Like it has that like dancey bounce to it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, Lay has always been my exo bias. So I'm going to support him and whatever he does. Like, <laughs> which also brings me to like the music video. Like, oh my God, SM Box Who? I don't know her. Like, they went all out with this production value. Like, oh my God, that scene where him and the dancers are dancing on the cliffs by the ocean. Like, oh my God. Like, they just broke the bank with that one. And it's amazing. I haven't looked at how it's doing on the charts or anything, but I think that it was, I think it's great. It's amazing. Go for it. Like. The backing track just blew me away. It's so good. The, the what they do with the percussion and uh, you know having that flute in there. I don't really know what style to call it, but uh, I mean, and the, his performance is great too. I, I was really impressed. Well, he's an amazing dancer. Yeah, 
and and that's and that's another thing that it's not like i he obviously was never the strongest vocalist in xo even in xom but i think that his tone is really unique and i think that it works especially as an idol who or not even an idol but like an artist who dances while he's singing i think that it's like like his style like it it goes well <laughs> Like one of the best music videos of the year, definitely. Um, it was just really well done. And I think the song, like you said, kind of played up K-pop in a way that also sounded distinctly Western and accessible. I don't know how people who don't listen to K-pop would react to it because it's not kind of like one of those in-your-face K-pop songs like Fantastic Baby, which is just so captivating. Like this is very kind of typical in a way, but typical in a really well done way. I think it's a really good look for him. The next thing I want to talk about is a little bit, I don't think cringy is the word for it, um, is RM's soul, which like, if you had asked me the entire month, if I had thought that I was going to end up talking about an RM solo track, I probably would have said no, because they announced it like two minutes before they released it. And when could he, but, when could he do a solo album anyway? I mean, did they clone I, these guys? I or, think or people theorize that it's been in the work for a while because he posted a, a picture that said mono like, over a year ago, I think, or something. I haven't been. I've, I've been yeah, like only yeah. seeing it in passing and seeing, hearing people reference it, but not. I didn't like delve too deep into that because there's no proof. I kind of knew from the track list that I was going to like Soul, and this is really self centered. But I felt that I really I have like a playlist that's revolved around like Soul focused songs, and I think there's really something. And I think most people who have been an extended time in the city, not even people who like grew up there and stuff. There is a feel to soul that is a, as someone who lives in New York City right now, I don't feel in New York. It's just like there's this tension of a city that's very vibrant and also really at clash with itself. And I really feel that that's what RM represented in this song from his own perspective. It's, it's kind of an easy listening song that has a lot of depth to it and a lot of anxiety to it while also, you know, it's cathartic and it's really grappling with the feelings of living in that city, both loving and hating it. And I think it's really beautiful. And personally, I, I really enjoyed, there was a, he listed some places in Seoul and one of them that he mentioned was Cheonggyecheon, which is this little, it's not so little, it's a stream and it's this really beautiful walking path in the middle of, of the center of the city. And it's a really like, you know, like picturesque. They have all these like light show things for like Buddha's birthday and holidays and stuff. But I always, whenever I was really stressed, I used to go walk there when I was in school. So I really appreciated that shout out. And it was just kind of like, as I was listening to the song, I was just like, oh, like I just really felt an intimate connection with it. And I thought the, the sound of it was really, it just resonated. I feel like it was very much RM. Like there was a little bit of like wooziness to it. There was some nice hip hop to it. Like his, his rap flow was really, really great in it. And then the music video was was essentially putting that sound, like depicted the sound visually through vaporwave elements. And I just thought it was really, really well done.
I already love even your fumes and the nastiness. Like it was really depicting his date and like when he quotes taxi drivers saying it's a nice place to live if you have money. Um, He also had this really cool wordplay that is really hard to explain. There's this Korean idea of Han, which is like a cultural uh, bitterness towards continued suffering of Korean people in the face of external forces, primarily Japanese colonization and how it continues to affect you. But there's also a group element of it. So there's some hope and some bittersweet. It's like a bittersweet anger or guilt or sorrow. I've heard a lot of people describe it different ways. And he like used and he says the Han River that bears too much Han. And the idea of Han is like culturally is not the same word that the Han River is named after. So it just it was a really it was a song that I really maybe less even than like the song itself, like the style of it, but I did find it a really enjoyable listening experience. My connection to the song was something that I really haven't felt in a while. And it was just really nice to, you know, sit back and listen to him express his views in a way that I really personally connected with. I appreciate how starkly different it is from BTS's stuff. Like there's a place where both of them so i think it's really interesting how how rm has the of not really a ability but like is a privilege i don't know just like that he's able to present something completely different to what he's doing with bts i really liked like the soothing element of the song just personally, like I'm not the type of person who will listen to this type of music, but I did enjoy it. And I think that I appreciate that he can put out music like this. That's way more personal, I guess. And that he has the sp- that he's given the space and time really to put out his inner thinkings to the world and his fans and just having the platform. So I think it's cool that he did it. All right, well, I'm going to move on to a very different song, April's Oh My Mistake. The, Tamar mentioned that earlier. This this is one of the best songs I think that's come out at least this year. Uh, April, I've really liked for a while, and they've got some really good songs, but this is maybe a high watermark for them. But what, where I want to start out is, have you guys heard, ever heard anybody say that they don't have sarcasm in Korea? Uh I've heard it about Japan. About Japan, really? I, I, I heard I on the first time I heard it was on Eat Your Eat Eat Your Kimchi, the Simon and Martina YouTube thing. They were talking about comedy at one point. I've seen it a couple of other places. You know that seems very implausible. And I think if you watch variety shows and reality TV, you can see that there is sarcasm in in Korea. But this, I mean, this is a great counterexample, also because that's the whole concept of the song. That you know, oh, oh my mistake is said sarcastically. So the concept of the song, you know, the theme of the song is that the protagonist is is so beautiful that it causes problems for her and other people. You know, people, everybody falls in love with her and the guy that she likes can't really tell if she's being sincere or, you know, can't see her as an innocent, delicate flower or something, <laughs> you know. And Is it really sarcasm, though? It is. Because I've seen that unironically in K in K pop girl groups. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. I'm wary. Well this one this one is definitely not meant to be taken. Like Well, and the reason I know value. it for sure, like I, I think just from context, that seems likely, but 
the the choreography actually has air quotes over when they say mistake. <laughs> so, oh, oh I didn't yeah. notice that. That's yeah, so it's great because you could. I mean, it would not be insane to take it as you know at face value that I'm apologizing for being so you know sincerely. But no, they're not. It's sort of like you know, oh, my, oh I'm I'm too beautiful. My bad. <laughs> uh, so I think okay, that's I can respect that. that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. The actual music, there's lots of things. I'll just pick out a couple of things that I really like about it. One is, I think I may have said this before, but it kind of frustrates me in K-pop. They've got these groups and sometimes really big groups. And I feel like they don't take advantage of the fact that there's lots of members. You know, a lot of times they just they just kind of take turns singing and it could just be one person. You could just pick the best singer and the song wouldn't be, you know, the song might even be better. In this song, they have a lot of back and forth in it. At the beginning, in, you know, in the verses at the beginning of the song, in the music video, they show them on the telephone, uh, having like a conference thing and talking back and forth with each other to, to depict that. And there's a part at, toward the end of the chorus where one member is singing and then another member comes out from behind her to say something. And then the first member steps back in front of her to, to answer back. So. If you watch the lyric video, you know how they have pictures of the members and they'll light up whichever one is singing. So at some points in this song, it's just like a pinball machine. They're just popping back and forth. And I think that's a really cool thing. I wish groups would do that more. But to me, the, uh, the highlight of the song is the verse right after the chorus, where one of the members repeats the word feel over and over again. It kind of reminds me of IOI's very, 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 where they, they drop off a lot of the music and it's it's mostly sort of like percussion and it become you know the word kind of loses its meaning and it becomes like an instrument or just a sound playing this simple little melody but that I think that part works really great There's so there's so many cool fun things that they do in the song. I just think it's really great. Yeah, I, I mean, when you said this was going to be the song you were going to talk about, I kind of was like, oh, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> um, I, I know I said this about Love Bomb, but like this is really what I love about K-pop. This song is such a, you know, it starts so softly and then it grows and then it gets like you said, like bouncing back and forth like between each of the members. I, I just think it's a really special, not a special song. Like it's just a really it is special. I, yeah, it is a special song. I, I really think it. For a while, I'd kind of been like, what is DSP doing with April? Like, we know DSP, you know, had Kara, they had Double S501, and then they kind of never were able to read, like, like figure out what the heck they were doing yeah. ever, ever again. Um, like, Ajax never went anywhere. And so with April... I sent that because of Card. That's true. Oh, That's right. True. And card, card, yeah, and Card kind of, like, I think they kind of fell into that by accident. I don't even know. But... With April, it didn't seem to me like every song I'd hear, I'd be like, oh, this is nice. But this is the first song where I really, really think like, wow, they're really, really doing something cool with them. And I know some people liked their last song. Was it Bluebird? That was, was one of their album. recent ones. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they, uh, this one is this one's from the Ruby album. So I guess they're doing like a color thing. But I don't know. I just think this song was probably one of the coolest songs that I've heard in K-pop this year. You need to hear it multiple times because there's so much going on and there's so many different little. It's not like I got a boy where like it shifts 
like genres every few seconds, but it does feel like something else new is happening every few minutes, even when they go back and repeat the chorus or something. Like I love how the Wonder Girls predicted like the 80s renaissance or whatever a few years ago <laughs> on like just in pop music like in the west like indie pop like indie rock they're bringing back the gated reverb that you know you, you hear it in lord you hear it in Haim, you hear it in like even with carly ray jepson so i mean obviously with april it's gonna have that like extreme sureness to it like it has the hint of k-pop so i really like that concoction like the that mix yeah they definitely didn't hide the the 80s influence the the music video starts out with somebody putting a vhs tape into a, a vhs oh player. yeah the vhs are from the 90s but the the looks definitely there was a lot of like clueless vibes going on <laughs> which I, I i i do remember writing about another girl group recently so i'm just like okay so just everyone's just like share we love share and also they were using like uh <laughs> it's funny that this is like a thing that i noticed is like they were using phones with cords <laughs> um they definitely played up that that retro again girls generations beep <laughs> that by the way that's the my ringtone for my daughter beep beep yeah it's a great song it is. It's oh one of their best. i can go on and on about girls generations japanese stuff but anyway <laughs> well is that bring us to the end of no i think that's it but we we did send out a tweet a little while ago asking yeah. people to tell us what their what their favorite songs were from october before we like read them like every single time someone said something i was like oh yeah like i liked that one a lot too like picking a song for this month was really 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 hard yeah it was crazy for me it was easy because my my faves were back so. <laughs> well well another cult scene writer tammy tweeted us like to talk about sam kim's makeup which on it's with crush and it's such a good song like oh my gosh like the song just absorbs you it's it's a really nice to hear sam kim again yeah and crush was really good on that song so we had boy, boy with the lips mentioned yuri's ep yuri's b-sides are fire yeah yeah the single didn't go anywhere but the b-sides were great oh trevez we like have barely talked about that super junior's second um latin pop collaboration oh. with is it pronounced rake or rake alexis it's rake that's what i thought okay well i, I can't do the r role but it's rake that's what i thought um <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was like the perfect blend of like boy bands and it just sounded like a it sounded like a super junior song while really blending the Latin pop thing. Like they've really this year they've really just like taken ownership of what they're doing and it just sounds really good. We know there's also uh in in the responses Shara Costa mentioned Monster X which was a big release and then Bizio 87 Golden Child Genie so there was even more also, great boy bands. Uh, Vino Otrovno mentioned um, Sohi, her her comeback. Yeah, I've got a list here of all these solo, you know, female solos. Soyu and IU and Soya, Bia, Hoodie. I liked Denji's album. Yeah, IU. Yeah, I honestly, I was thinking about talking about it. I mean, how can IU come out with a song and we don't, I was gonna, we don't even mention I was like going to talk about it. And then I was like, oh, wait, but I want to talk about RM's song. Sorry, yeah. I was picking that was on my list too i thought that we was need really joe for that yeah and yeah. at's debut um was interesting it reminded me a lot of like block b what else there was a lot of other stuff this month but it was nice to it was fun to see what people were saying we should do this again every month yeah give people a little more time next time yeah but a lot of people responded 
So thank you guys for listening to this uh, October Roundup episode of Cult Teens K-Pop Unmuted. Um, you can listen to us on whatever streaming platform, podcast streaming platform you want, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, Apple Music's podcast app, or iTunes, and a few others, uh, Stitcher, a few other places, I think, also. And you can follow us at K-Pop Unmuted and Cult Teen. All right. Thanks so much for listening.